catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. I can't pinpoint the day it even started. I only know that at some point it really got bad. I felt drained and exhausted. And that was another thing that this lady did to me. When I was leaving, I was stressing that I would not be given a good reference. It's not an isolated case. There were other cases, but it just showed me that this place is toxic. I think we've gone beyond just the hustle lamp because let me tell you something. On Sunday, like I'll be happy. On Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning, you see me fidgeting. I say, I'll be in my workplace. I can't wait for five o'clock. Once five o'clock is, I've taken my bag. I've run. I'm running away. I can't handle it anymore. At what points do you pause or stop? When is it okay to stop trying to just make the cut? How do you know when it's time to pull the plug? This is the second episode in the series, Is Workplace Depression Real? This series was born out of the need for everyone to consider the growing post-pandemic lockdown mental occurrences. Many working-class Nigerians are suffering different levels of stress, anxiety and depression but cannot take a rest or quit cause they think they cannot afford to do so. Do their workplaces know? When their workplaces know, what do they do? A lawyer in Nigeria, Esther Nkemjika, who shared her story on her fight with work-induced depressive tendencies in the first episode, opens up this episode with her thoughts on the question we ended with in the first episode, which is, is there really a thing called workplace depression? I feel workplace depression is something, is a conversation that we need to have. If I hadn't experienced it, I wouldn't have known and I would have, maybe if somebody was complaining about their job, I would have said, I'm not in Nigeria and I just, they, at least they food for a table, hustle lamb. You know, because when you're a middle class lamb, you have this hustle spirit, you have this never die spirit. The bad as bad, we they move and we move and move. I think we've gone beyond just the hustle lamb because so that somebody does not come home one day and just take sniper and drink and just say, well, let me just end this thing, I'm tired. And when I posted it and people, other people came to my DM, I found out that almost everybody had this issue, like, oh, more, everybody like, oh, more, oh, more, oh, more, you understand? And I see that that's one of the reasons why a lot of people just go into entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, even when they know that maybe they don't have a knack for it, but because, oh, my need peace of mind, I'm just going to entrepreneurship. Let me tell you something, on Sunday, like, I'll be happy, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning, you see me fidgeting, I say, I, my heart will be beating faster than normal. But I ask myself, what was wrong with me? Because I'm like, hey, am I going to go through this turmoil again? I'll be in my workplace. I can't wait for five o'clock. Once five o'clock is, I've taken my bag. I've run. I'm running away. I can't handle it anymore. But why is it always difficult to just leave? I st- I took this decision. I took this decision in 2020 December. But in 2019, I already told myself that. I'm not going to spend 20, 2020, I'm not going to spend 2020. 2020 is my last year. January came, February came, the, the COVID came. The courage to say, oh yeah, go. I was thinking about, hey, what will I do? How will I feed? How would, how do I, and the incident happened. I had like an incident with my boss and another colleague and I just, everybody were like, ah, no, just go and beg or go and In fact, he literally technically forgave me because he still paid my salary, but I said, 
this is a coy, it's a decoy to say hey, you can do it. Apparently, they have even increased their salary in my workplace. I left, but I'm like, I can't handle this anymore. I'm losing myself. I can't, I can't handle this anymore. Since I left my job, so it has not been easy. Let me know life for you. I don't have a stable nine to five. As I used to give home, I don't give home as I used to give home. But I can't keep myself. And I have to be sane enough to help my folks. If I'm not okay upstairs, I'll be of no use to them. I'm still trying to find myself. The healing process, I'm still taking baby steps, you know, trying to find my confidence back. But Sometimes work depression isn't just about the boss or a colleague. Sometimes it's much more than that. It may just be a struggle to balance the internal with the external environment. I mean, maybe a, a struggle with oneself. We had other responders who shared their experiences with us anonymously. How did this start? I really can't say, I can't pinpoint the day it even started. I only knew that at some point it really got bad. I felt drained and exhausted. Um, in terms of describing my feelings, I just felt um, it was going to pass. I just felt um, it's just a phase. Um, I'm just coming in. I should give myself time. I was just there. I didn't think I realized at some point as I getting numb. I didn't find anything really interesting. Then with the COVID that came into place, made things worse. Some weeks after I commenced to work, I was trying to juggle work on my masters. So it was pretty taxing. But for me, what I feel triggered it was inactivity. I think that was the first thing that triggered it. So you're not doing anything. It's not because there is nothing to do per se, but a system that is not really scheduled, a system that is not really organized, really triggered it. Because for me, I don't know if it's because of my temperament, but I, somehow I like to have a picture of my day at least at night. So it helps me plan. I know this and this, I should do it. Did your workplace know about how you were feeling? The truth is, they didn't know I was depressed. Um, they just saw me every day coming to work. I come early, come at the same time I'm supposed to come, do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I just talked to the few people I around that I could talk to. I did not really inform, like, let's say my boss, but let's say my colleagues that were close to me. I didn't tell them that I was depressed because the truth is, I did not know I was depressed. I just felt it was a moment and I was going to get past through it. Typically, I'm being taught, and which is a good thing, that you wake up each morning and be grateful to God for what you have, not for the things you don't have, irrespective of what it is, even if you don't feel a sense of belonging, even though you don't feel like the vibes, right? So I just kept telling myself, okay, something beautiful will come out one day, don't worry. While this was happening, did you seek any medical help or did you speak to anyone about it? Oh, I did not talk to a psychologist. The only thing is that I started having this issue with swallowing. I, I spoke to a doctor about it and the doctor said it's an anxiety disorder. And he was like, it's too early to give me anxiety disorder drugs. It's, I'm too young to take it. So I didn't go ahead, just need to relax and rest, which is what I did. I, I talked to my grandmom about it because I think I'm very close to her. I talked to my grandmom a few friends i vented out my frustrations really to them personally i couldn't say i completely got over it i've just had to really walk my way through getting over it sincerely for years I'm, I'm no longer depressed it comes once in a while but it's not as bad as before 
The experience of our next respondent proves that the people in a workplace can help protect or further endanger a person's mental health. Note that both staff and management have to properly understand and appreciate this. Pay attention to how it all started for our next respondent. It was an accumulation of a lot of disappointments, but I noticed I started to hate my job. Not necessarily all the tasks that I'm doing, but I love what I do. It's fulfilling for me. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't find pleasure in it, but I hated the people I worked with. I hated my bosses. I hated my supervisor. So I noticed that one slight mistake, maybe I forgot to put a full stop or maybe the date that I put the proportion in which they escalated those errors, blaming me, talking down on me, making it seem as if I don't give value to the organization, comparing me with my colleagues, threatening my job. The way I reacted to it was what, you know, brought about this. I work on the island, waking up early in the morning. It always felt as if I'd never had enough sleep. I would sleep around nine, wake up around three, and it was like I just closed my eyes. It was a very terrible time. And the funniest thing is that this is not, it's not an isolated case. There were other cases, but it just showed me that this place is toxic. Did you give any feedback to the company and how did they react to it? It was my supervisor in management team that this was happening with. And the MD, I didn't think I would be heard. And then the HR was parties with her. It was a situation where I had reported something and the HR laughed. So it didn't seem like, oh, if I go to the HR and say, oh, this is how I feel when this lady speaks to me. It didn't look as if it's something that I will be taking seriously. Then fast forward when I wanted to leave, because I left. The new HR was like, oh, you feel this way? Well, have you thought of speaking to us? Have you thought of um, saying anything? But I knew all that one was bobo because the smile on her face when she was saying that was, can we just get it over with i have things to do and when i was was having that exit interview with the lady i didn't even feel as if i was being heard it was more or less like a routine for her but i didn't mention oh that i was depressed i didn't mention that oh i didn't like the job the workplace i didn't mention that it was not good for because this profession is like a small village one person will know one person one person will know one person one person will know one person one of the reasons why some people would not give feedback is because if you leave, they have the power of your reference. And that was another thing that this lady did to me. When I was leaving, I was stressing that I would not be given a good reference. Now, did you see a doctor or seek any medical help while this was going on? Maybe to help you with what you were going through? I don't know if there's anyone that can do that. Then secondly, if there's one, the fee, because it's not something popular. There's this fear that if it's rare, means it's going to be expensive. That's a subconscious reason why I had not seek help, professional help. I had not seek professional help. But what I did was get feedback. So when I realized that this was what I was going through, I had to start thinking of ways to get out. Where I kind of like gathered advice and then picks what I felt was um, important for my situation. 
Obi Ibukwe, CEO of health tech firm WellNewMe, maintains that these issues are not new but have increased since COVID struck and most HRs know about these issues. I found that quite a number of HR, HR personnel are aware of these issues, but sometimes it's the bosses that will not allow them to implement the changes that they need to because sometimes it might come down to costs. Sometimes it's like, you know, we're already, we're already paying out a lot for HMOs. So why are we now doing, why are we now bringing more health services that we're going to pay for again? That has an additional cost. And you know, sometimes people are just not just aware. We just need to continue talking about it. Need to bring it more to the fore, and you know, and maybe do and do more uh, more research like the one we did, where you know it highlights the link between um, productivity and the bottom line in the workplace and looking after employees itself. Uh, sometimes even the employees themselves are not even aware of how much you know their mental health is affecting their performance at work. So do companies really lose anything from not paying attention to mental health issues? The truth is that because we don't measure these this things, we have no way of tracking it to see how much is affecting. We do know it affects, but for each individual company, how many companies are going to have a way to see how how we can how we can track this and tackle it? Because and now make um, uh, mental health uh, bring mental health to the fore of the, of the conversation. Like uh, Department of um, Health and Safety in the UK have developed a template for measuring these factors and it's a it's a well-researched template as in people have used it to to a lot of success in in tackling mental health issues at, in their in their workplace there's a company that started doing out these assessments amongst the employees after doing it for like a couple of years what they found out was there was an 80 percent reduction of health insurance claims by their employees because they were feeling more not only were they taking better care of themselves, they were, you know, feeling more connected to work. So not only so what they found at the end of the day is not only did productivity increase, but the cost for for looking after their employees also decreased as well. And there are some companies in Nigeria that have have tried out, but most of is usually down to the multinationals. Those are the only companies that I know that have actively gone out to put mental health yeah, at the center of the provisions that they make for their employees. So stress in itself, which is a mental health condition, is one of, is probably one of the biggest loss leaders for uh, uh, for many companies. And I think so in somewhere like the US alone, the co- US companies on, on an average every year lose about 300 billion due to stress which results in lost productivity, people taking time off work to deal with the effects of stress, you know, and not sometimes there's something called presentism where people come into work, but because they're stressed and ill, they're just there in the office, but they're not actually doing any work, you know. And so in Nigeria itself, it's estimated that each worker every year costs their employers about 300,000 Naira per year. That's each employer. But, but this study was done in 2010. So that figure is no longer current because I'm sure it'll be a lot higher right now than it, it was because that's more than 10 years ago. 
just to give you an example, so Nigeria has the largest economy in, in Africa, but yet none of our banks can compete with places like in South Africa, which has, I mean, it has a smaller economy, has a smaller population. Are we doing enough in terms of how best we manage our own resources? And, our, and your best resource will always be your people. It's not your oil, it's not your minerals in the ground. You know, you always be your people. If you if you treat your people well, your people will always treat you back well too. At this point, we had to get back to the researcher we had spoken to earlier, Dr. Oyewumi Adebukola, on the implications of a depressed work population. Yes, and in 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic exacerbated the challenges on multiple levels. The rate of unemployment has increased. The business environment and socioeconomic landscape is more volatile. Many entrepreneurs have shut down their businesses, others are struggling. There's been a lot of agitation for better governance. Many people want to leave the country as a result of the discontent that they feel about the state of affairs in the country. Suicide rates are on the increase as well, and all of this are pointers to the depressed state of the population. Now, the implication for the workforce are diverse, and I'll just mention a few. We have diminished motivation, diminished engagement and performance. There's a sense of anxiety and fear of the unknown. And sometimes for some people, this might even be, you know, lead to a distortion of reality. Workplace interactions are strained and all of this have implications for the physical well-being of the workforce. So I think it's high time we ask someone in HR because we've got to the point where we have to talk to HR. As an HR professional, I believe there is something called workplace depression and work-induced depression. Not just because I've seen people go through it, because I've also experienced it. At the point I realized that I think I'm going through depression was when I knew, so I became very erratic. My behavior, my response to things was unusual. I was responding to situation without thinking through first, which is very, very unlike me. I became very defensive. I couldn't resolve that on my own and I didn't feel comfortable to talking to anyone about it. So I allowed that fester for a long time and then it, it began to seep into my work. The quality of my work reduced. I was constantly making mistakes on work and that was where I was. And I've seen people that have also gone through that kind of experience. It was just a change of perspective that I needed. Most people are not what's coming with these things. Some people even live in denial, like, nah, I can't be depressed. Like, nah, they don't come out to say, I am having this episode. So when you see someone that has been a high performer for a, for a period of time, like constantly high performing, and then their performance begins to drop. So conversations with those kind of people is really just to, you know, just to check what's happening. Is everything okay at home? Definitely okay at work. It's more of diagnostics that when managers come to say, hey, this person has not been, maybe person has not been coming early as they used to be, or somebody, someone has been requesting for leave or sick days off more often than they would in the past. The way they respond, someone that would not normally yell or shout at you just begins to yell and shout. Someone that would be reasonable in a, in a, on a good day is not reasonable with you. And you're just wondering, like, is this, is this about me? Is something wrong with me or is this this person? This person is taking time off or this person is just not available. This person is absent-minded during meetings. This person's performance has dropped. So I've had a lot of people that have observed that way, but 
because I'm not a medical professional, so I can't say I have diagnosed anyone with depression. And no one has exactly come to me to say, hey, I'm depressed, I need help. Because of that lack of trust, um, they still don't come out right to say, hey, I need help because they are worried, oh, don't take away my job. So when those concerns are raised, they only want to either find a way to improve their performance on their own or, or just, you know, don't worry, I'll improve, I'll, I'll, I'll do better, I'll do better. Don't worry, there's no problem. I'll try to do better. But they don't give the chance to address the real problem. So creating the balance is going to be from a prevention point of view. So we don't wait for people to get depressed before we actually put in measures to help them. Yes, the business wants to recover all that's lost, the pro, you know, profits, customers. But if the people that will do the work are not all right, we will be doing the work we should do in twice the time that is required. And, you know, you won't get that result also by pushing them to the limits and then pushing them to a place where they burn out and they don't even want to come to work anymore and also managing expectations expectations of the business right we can't recover what we lost in one year in one month and it's even almost impossible to even recover what you lost in 2020 immediately in 2021 or even in 2022 some of these recoveries will take time and that's the truth businesses also have to look into this it's very possible that even these employees are expecting so much from and not where equipped for what you're expecting from them so how do we help them to actually get equipped for that there also has to be the awareness so conversations around taking care of yourself prioritizing that if we say that as a business we prioritize our employee well-being and we are the ones calling them on saturday and sundays calling them for meetings and we don't allow these people to actually take time off work then we're going to have a lot of employees that constantly have mental breakdowns the time it will take for them to recover it's a lost productivity time for the business. There have to be ongoing conversations between teams, between managers on how people truly feel about work. And when your, your employees tell you, I'm tired, don't dismiss it and say, hey, please, everybody's tired right now. We are all worn out. You just need to find a way around it. No, that's not the way because they will never come back to you again to tell you how they truly feel. The question should be, do you need rest? Do you need to take time off? Even if it's a day, when these conversations are constantly hard people know that it's okay to take a break when you're tired it's okay to say you are tired okay so for employees it's going to be a high level of self-awareness know how you would behave and respond when all is well how you respond when all is not well and then you also be able to tell what is not actually well communicate tell them how you feel tell them what's going on i know it's very uncomfortable to actually feel that vulnerable around your manager but you need to because if you don't communicate then you don't give your employer a chance to help you and also you find a way to help yourself now, before we leave the HR's office, I've been itching to ask someone in HR this question. Why do most employee health schemes in Nigeria not provide for mental health, only common illnesses? HMOs are there to serve their customers. If their customers are not asking for it, then it's not important enough. Organizations need to begin to demand that they include it as part of their core service. Now that you've heard from your HR, what does the law in Nigeria say about a worker that has depression? A lawyer, Gabriel Eze, shares some insights. The issue of mental health is not expressly covered in any of our laws, especially the labor laws in the country. However, some of the, these laws 
indirectly tried to talk about them for instance we have what we call the employee compensation act in section 8 of the act it describes a situation where a worker is compensated for what it calls mental stress mental stress but the law itself did not define what mental stress is about and also we have the nigeria labor act itself which is more or less the principal act sort of it, it also doesn't make provision for the issue of mental health of employees or workers however it it, it makes other provisions paternity leave maternity leave sick leave but so far as we have it in nigeria no none of our labor laws that directly addresses the issue of depression or mental health now let's get back to Obi Mukwe, who has some advice for those in HR on how HRs can work around this new rising challenge of mental illnesses. It's more important to build a culture of where you know, we have a, a supportive environment where if anyone feels under pressure or feel that they have uh, issues that are affecting their mental health at the workplace, that the HR department is open to you know discussing about it so it's not it's not about stigmatizing anyone that they understand that this could happen to anyone in the workplace and it doesn't really reflect on your ability to do the work in terms of that you your skills that you require to do that you could do it but you know they does that there are maybe personal life issues that might be uh, that might be affecting your the performance of the work it could also be workplace issues that could be affecting the performance of your work and if if they don't address that those workplace issues and they go and spend more money to bring in another person to replace the person that they're taking up their issue might still be there so and you might might find out that you're those recycling people rather than addressing the problem itself so it's more important to have a, a an environment that is caring that is supportive and you know that is open to ad, um, discussing and addressing uh, mental health issues to enable the employees to perform at, at the best that they can. That helps to not only increase productivity but attracts you know better talent to your place because everybody will want to come and work there because they know that this company takes care of its own people. We met up with a psychologist and a clinical psychiatrist to know if the professionals had a name for what we've been discussing. I mean can we give the term a name? Can we say there is a thing called workplace depression from the professional standpoint? Today we talk about occupational stress, we talk about burnout, we talk about the workplace being a place of primary concern whereby there's a lot of talk about workplace stress and depression being one of the number one cause of disability in the workplace also so there is no work depression per se but can work cause depression yes can depression affect your work yes but you know we spend most of our lives in our workplace adult life in hopefully in our workplace you know whether you are in business or you are working for someone you know your adult life so yes that depression will impact on your expression at work so how can you test for depression in the next episode we'll consider how to self-test for depression what to do when everything else seems to fail if depression can be cured 
and how to deal with depression at your workplace when all resources fail. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.